And welcome back to Fully Equipped. Jonathan Wall here from Golf.com, joined as always by Andrew Tursky from Golf.com and True Specs. Chris McCormick, guys, pretty quiet week for gear, but you know us. We'll talk about anything. We'll get into a lot of fun topics. But first things first, Tursky, you're an asshole. Your view is... Let's talk about it. Let's not talk about it. I don't really want to talk about this, but you're in Tahoe this week for the American Century. Just posted a video on the fully equipped Instagram at fully equipped golf with Jerry Rice, the goat. Um, Just me and Jerry hanging out. No no big deal. Just in Tahoe. Me and Jerry. How's Tahoe? And uh, what have you seen so far? How would you describe this view that I'm working with? I told you you're an asshole. So just, just keep, just keep it moving. Just like, talk about talk about the stuff people want to hear about. Crystal, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty uh, crystal deep blue. Perfect. The Chamber of Commerce Day, as they would say. It is. It's a, <laughs> it's an absolute vibe out here too. I was just following uh, Travis Kelsey and Patty Mahomes around for a little bit. They are absolutely cranking beers. <laughs> like I watched Travis Kelsey do uh, about six shotguns within three holes. Absolute vibe. They're getting after it. They're actually pretty good, too. Like, Travis Kelsey hits it a mile. Patty Mahomes doesn't hit driver off the tee, but he hits his fairway with, like, 310. Pretty cool to watch. Um, yeah, I was hanging out with Jerry a little bit. He's got Nike VR Pros in the bag, stamped with 80 on them. And <laughs> that was a middle finger. Yep, I seen it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was asking him about it, and he was like, yeah, I basically played Blades, like, my whole life. He's like, I know I shouldn't, but I do. And I got about seven sets of them when Nike stopped making clubs. That's amazing. So he, he's just going to be playing Nike VR Pros for the rest of his life. It's great. Yeah, they look they look good in the bag too. So he I miss the way he those definitely look. doesn't prescribe to the to the play the irons that you should be playing. He's going by playing the blades because they look good, and maybe just maybe it'll make me a better ball striker. And we've talked about this before, but maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It's, a, it's a stretch. That maybe is a maybe. It's uh, it's a very, a very big stretch. But you know, it, I really don't think he cares. I don't, like okay, he's playing those irons regardless. Yeah. yeah, he's got seven sets. Those things are, those things are. I mean, they're going to be iconic. People are going to look back on those and and wish they would have picked up a set in you know ten years from now. So that's a good thing that he does have. Extras. With the eighty stamped on him too, he could sell those on eBay for like whatever he wanted. Like, name your price type thing. Yeah. And uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, Justin Timberlake was warming up this morning, got a, got a little peek in his bag. He was driver testing. Like, he was just testing no the TaylorMade Sim against the new Ping, Ping G425. Got the tournament about to start. He's just driver testing. Was that but an autoflex? He actually has Mura. Uh, P- little Korean hidden technology? No. In his driver shaft? I don't think it was an autoflex. Uh, it looked, it looked, I, thought I, saw the, I thought I saw the pink in there. I thought maybe it was. Maybe I'm seeing things. I don't think it was. I'm gonna have to take a closer look maybe, at it. Though. Maybe he. Had uh, last time I worked with him, I he put had him into the. Uh, I put him into the KVS okay. driver shaft. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But um, that was a little little name drop right there, Chris. Last time I worked with him, like you just worked I, with Timberlake all the time. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's he's buddies with Hoyt. I mean, he comes to see us, and I happen to be the guy that uh, was working with him. What do you think about his game? Because he was striping drivers. It looked like he was kind of uh, catching the irons a little bit heavy every now and he, then. He's uh, a really good woods player. Uh, I mean, he, he definitely smokes driver. He was, yeah. uh, he was very efficient uh, with driver when we, when we did his fitting. And it was, 
extremely funny. When, uh, when I did work with him, I had an opportunity to make a comment about his tempo. And he turned around and like stopped mid-routine and goes, Tempo? He goes, Tempo's my job, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. But unlike Jerry, he plays with the Mira PI-401s, uh, some game improvement sticks, which kind of help get the ball in the air. And it seems like maybe that might be the weakness of his game. So he's uh, using what helps him there for sure. Yeah, he's he's really really shallow. Kind of sweeps it, picks it. Those are some uh, some sneaky Absolutely. good clubs. The the four hundred ones. I think more people should should take a peek at those. Um, but Turski will be out there for a couple more days. We'll get some more some more content goodness. Maybe somebody else with some crazy good irons like Jerry Rice. I don't know. Those are going to be tough to beat. I've, I've got to say, can't beat, yeah, those. can't beat those. You can't that, beat those. That might be the that might top. Like it. in general, in the world of golf, I think those might be the best ones. Whew, that's a bold statement right there. Um, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go from some check the Instagram some classic irons to to a photo that a buddy of mine sends me. And I gotta say this this one this one's up there as far as the wildest texts I've ever received. So a buddy of mine sends sends me a photo and it says my friend's grips. And I posted this photo on on my Twitter. I'm at Jonathan R. Wall of of a grip that I'm gonna say is probably. It, it makes I, I said it made Harris English's putter grip look brand new. It is a a club grip that is it's basically like the grip is just sloughing off. It's like it's string. It's string from the grip just like fraying off this club and I was like, oh yeah, this is I, I gotta know more about this. So apparently he's he's playing with a friend of his, used to be uh, you know, basically scratch golfer, hasn't played in like two years. He's got a set of Mizuno MP sixty sevens attached to these grips. Um, I, I just, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to make a call out to the grip manufacturers out there. Go, go check out my social media page and look at these grips and then tell me that you don't want to give this guy a new set of handles. I, I mean, they're, they're, tr- it's like a ball of yarn. I saw that. I saw that on your Twitter. <laughs> they're truly, they're I truly like something awful. If you loud. have not seen them, go check out, go check them out. Um, I'll post them. Actually, I'll post them all as well on the fully equipped page. Um, I mean, th- have you ever seen a grip that looks worse than this? I will say this is the worst-looking grip I've ever seen. Way worse than Harris English's. And Harris is bad. That's past the point of, like, you know, keeping the feel that you've had throughout the years. Like, there's just no grip left on it. Yeah, there's just nothing left. There like, you is have no to feel. regrip that club. It's the, th- it's the threads. It's all there is to the it. the threads from the grip. It's, it's anyway, the, the fact that it's on a set of MP67 blades it just it, it like blows my mind. How could you play a set of, of like classic blades like that with, with that grip? I, I it just anyway, it's mind blowing. I had to bring it up. Um, make sure that you guys agreed with me. It's the nastiest, worst looking grip. It's a beater. I've never seen anything worse. Um, so yeah, hopefully hopefully one of the grip manufacturers out there will uh, have mercy on this guy and maybe send him some new grip. So if you if you want to help him out reach out to me Send him some we'll, we'll, we'll make the connection but i'm not going to do it for him i'm going to have somebody else uh reach out to me so we'll see what happens there no matter how many grips he gets sent though he's not changing oh yeah, no yeah you will he'll totally don't change. think so he'll totally think, change. think those are on there yeah he'll change for sure <laughs> if only all right speaking of social media i do want to point out that we hit ten thousand followers on the Instagram page, 10k, 10k, oh boys, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty impressed. We 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 don't do a lot of, 
a lot over there. I mean, we post pictures, but we need to do more. But that's it's still it's pretty impressive. I want to want to give a shout out to everybody that's fo- that's following the the Instagram page at Fully Equipped Golf. That's uh, there's a lot of good content, sneaky good content. You're getting getting lots of turkey nuggets this week. Jerry Rice, Patty Mahomes, um, Justin Timberlake. So got some slow mo swings, yep. some fast mo swings. Yep. yep. I I would say go follow the the Instagram page. And what do you think? Should we do a giveaway? For getting a 10k absolutely what are we thinking what do you want to give away should we do got to do something for the people what do we want to what do we got 10 sleeves of golf balls for 10k i like 10 sleeves of golf balls okay yeah all right so we need to stamp them up with something though yeah i know so we'll i'll reach i'll reach out to to some of the manufacturers and i'll i'll set up a giveaway on the instagram page and we'll we'll give away ten <coughs> sleeves of balls. I'm sure somebody out there can use them. I definitely know I could, but I'll I'll, I'll let somebody else have at them. I might enter. I'll take <laughs> some sleeves. Yeah, who doesn't need extra extra pelotas out there, huh? I mean, every time I play, I lose at least three. So at least. <laughs> so did uh, I was out in Lake of the Ozarks with the uh, with the family, and I was telling you guys before we got on the air, I uh, I ran into a gentleman, Chad who actually recognized me from the <laughs> this podcast. This is pretty wild. So you're famous. Oh, you are famous. I we're we're on the uh, we're on the first tee and you know, we're shaking hands introducing ourselves and so on and so forth and he's like, "Man, you look really familiar." And I'm going, "I, I got a face for radio. I mean, I don't know why I would look familiar." <laughs> and uh, he he goes, "No, I I know you from somewhere." And on the second hole, he's like, "Hey, you're on that uh, you're on that golf podcast. You're on fully equipped." I was like, oh, my God, yeah, yeah, I am. And he's like, yeah, I knew I knew you from somewhere. And we just hit it off and became best friends ever then. So if Chad's listening, shout out to Chad playing golf, Lake of the Ozarks, 4th of July weekend. Had a good time with him and his dad. Did you go to the Ozarks because you love the show Ozark? No, it's, uh, it is a good show. I do appreciate that show. And no, my, uh, my family's got a, uh, a lake house down there. So I was hanging out with mom and the stepdad and the familia. Staying away from criminal activity, I hope. I, I mean, it's always questionable. Unless it's, down unless there. it's at a bowling alley, then Chris is totally there. <coughs> right. <laughs> totally there. Totally there. And if Nelly After and hours. if Nelly's in the building too, it's over. That's it. That's just a recipe for a good time, right there. Oh my goodness! Is this show about to go off the rails right now? No, no, is we're we're gonna, we're gonna keep it on the rails. We're, we're off. No, no, we're gonna keep it on the rails. Okay. So there wasn't there wasn't a ton going on last week as as far as gear news, and I don't I don't think that's a big surprise. You know, players are preparing to to go overseas for the Open, and you know I, I think you're gonna see some guys make changes once they get over there, but but typically you're not gonna see anybody doing any any sort of tweaks. Um, gear things that stuck out that stuck out last week. We mentioned Phil had his Callaway prototype hybrid, um, the one that he teased about on on his Twitter account. It was in the bag. I actually saw it. He so well. Let me just ask you this: Did, did anybody watch the match? That's a, Chris, that's a huge. Fat did not. Did not. I was get personally to watch it. traveling. I was traveling to Tahoe. Yeah, I know. I know. Not that big, I was necessarily bigger, bigger dying to see things. the match. So. So Phil actually used. I was traveling to New York. We both have an out. Yeah, I know you guys do. That's good. We have an out. Phil too. Phil used the hybrid <laughs> on the one club. Cha- they had a, they had a one club challenge hole, so each one of the guys had to pick one club, and they you had to complete the hole with that one club. So Phil chose the hybrid 
which I'm not surprised. It's it's new. We actually calculated. Mode. We actually got some pictures of it last week. I I did my my normal mm-hmm. weekly. I, I probably should admit, just say it's daily Getty search, <coughs> and and found a photo of this club. It's it's an it's an apex. No surprise there. Um, looks like it has a weight in the bottom of the sole that's closer towards the face. So I'm guessing that this is probably a better player hybrid with with you know maybe lower launch, lower spin. Maybe it's in the bag at, at the open. You know, I mean, Phil was teasing about seeing the benefits of it for the match. But um, again, being the pitch man that he is, I, I'm sure he's he's trying to trying to you know drum up interest in the match before the open. But um, yeah, interesting interesting looking club. Did you guys get a chance to see that photo? It looks kind of wide, right? It does. To you? Yeah, I agree. I I did it's, see it in person at a uh, Tory. I just couldn't talk about it until. You know, the kind of public saw it. That's the one that Akshay had in the bag, and Phil tried out Akshay's, and I think he liked it a lot. Um, But it did look a little wide to me, like it would be a high-launching type club, but then it has the weight in the front to try to bring the spin down, I'm guessing. I mean, that's what it looks like to me from the photos and what what I've seen. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, they've been tinkering with that Apex design over the years. They've had a few iterations of it now. Yeah. So uh, no surprise, the uh, that low forward CG has been really popular in the Apex for several generations of it now. I always like no that Apex Pro, that which was like really thin. It kind of looked more iron-like to me. Yeah, I agree. That was always really popular out on tour. Yep, yep. It was, it was really popular. This one, I agree with Hersky. Look, looks a little bit wider in, in that. That is, I guess. More like a, an 11 wood almost. <laughs> Something like I that. don't think I don't think it's I don't wood. think it's a four wood disguise in, as an eleven wood, <laughs> but we we can we can only dream. Tursky just just wishes it was an eleven wood. Wishful thinking. Yeah, so we can keep talking about it. Um, Titleist T two hundred. You know, this is an iron that that when mm. when T two hundred came out previously, this was not a you know considered to be an iron for tour. You know, we we saw T one hundred. Um, you know, 620, you had, you had the MBs and the CBs, but, but you didn't really see anybody kind of go into that, that T200, T300 range. And lo and behold, T200 shows up in the bag of the winner. Uh, it, it's it's kind of, I guess it's kind of surprising. I mean, Cameron Davis added a, a T200 two iron to the bag. This is the first week. So Titleist launched T100 in Connecticut. A week later, they launched T200 in Detroit. Uh, Cameron Davis puts in a T200 two iron. He also tested a T100 three iron. That's going to blend a little bit more seamlessly with his set, and it's going to kind of be able to be interchangeable with that two iron depending on the golf course. Um, Troy Merritt, who came up short in the playoff, uh, another week, another playoff. Uh, I, I mean, I'm all about free golf, but there's been a lot of free golf here recently. Um, he had a uh, he had a four and a five iron. He actually aced the par eleventh <coughs> on Saturday with the T two hundred five iron. Um, and this is kind of what I wanted to point out was he had a split set. This is not just the you know standalone two iron. Troy had T two hundred in the four and f- the four and the five and T100 in the six through pitch. So there's a guy right there. If, if people, and I actually a couple people, I pointed that out, that it was a T200 four iron that he aced the hole with, and somebody said, man, I can't believe that T200 is out on tour. Were you guys as surprised as I was to see the iron, like not just show up on tour, but but actually make it into some bags the first week out? 
I have a quick question for Chris. So what would make someone put in a T200 2-iron versus like a U500 driving iron? What's the what's the difference there? I big difference. It's I mean the the U500 is a oversized uh, hollow cavity design where the the T200 is going to be more towards that kind of intermediate player hollow cavity iron design. So I mean the the U500 and the U510, the U505 all kind of bridge that gap between iron and hybrid in that more hollow cavity driving iron type category. I mean the the T200, the T100, the T300 are still in that traditional iron type category. The T200 is just going to be slightly bigger, more forgiving, more MOI. So some of those better players doesn't surprise me that they're using it in some of those long irons and even using it as a driving iron option off the tee. But, but <coughs> why didn't we more see more forgiveness, more ball speed? Why didn't we see him? That's my that's my thing. Why didn't we see T two hundred really ever make an appearance out on out on tour? I mean, there's got to be something about the neat, the new T two hundred that that is making tour players see the benefits. Because I mean, it, it's that I think that was what really surprised me is it's like wait this this club was never really designed for tour initially and now here it is out on tour that that was that was what really stuck out when i saw kind of the breakdowns of of you know t200 t200 iron editions from from last week that gen 2 t200 that they're launching here is is a much cleaner look the uh the gen 1 t200 was a little off-putting with the acoustics and a lot of people didn't like the amount of offset or the thickness of the top line but supposedly in this gen 2 they've cleaned up a lot of those issues that they were getting from just player feedback though i wouldn't be surprised to see more of them show up out there especially in those long iron options is that what we're calling it gen 1 and gen 2 just want to make sure we're all on the same page yeah i mean sure i feel like it's a good differentiator carried over it's a good differentiator i don't i don't i don't mind it just curious that is how pxg calls their clubs so i just want to make sure that's what we we're going with the se- going okay forward. we'll just call it first Before generation and second generation instead of gen one gen two so we don't get uh, a cease and desist okay. <laughs> how about that does that work for it's you it's a t220 hey, just in case. he's getting a little bit like uneasy over there as 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 chris is calling out gen one gen two um the titles has not called it that we're, we're just trying again trying to differentiate the ones but i agree with chris actually on on what he said about the, the overall look of the irons I felt like was was pretty um, loud I think was would be the best way to put it with that with that screw in the back of the cavity it it certainly had a different look this this new t200 it it really has a a clean sort of a muted look to it um, you can't really see the cavity it, it looks like it's sort of whatever's underneath the hood is concealed and and maybe again i agree with chris tour players really like things that are a little bit more understated versus like in your face so um anyway we'll be interested to see if if that kind of continues its first week out but but i mean if troy merritt is using a a split set we're seeing other pros use t200 out on tour now i I think maybe maybe there's a story there there's i mean there's got to be there's got to be something behind the design tursky and i will uh will be making our way out to California at some point soon to to get a full rundown on the new That'll be fun. Get, do, get a little testing done and have some fun. So 
looking forward to that. Other than other than like Phil with the with the prototype hybrid and in the you know T two hundred, there really wasn't a lot from Tour. The one other topic that I did want to discuss this week is the TaylorMade Mini Driver. We've been talking about it. It was a club that yep. Phil Mickelson had in the bag. <laughs> it's a club that Andrew Tursky will eventually have in the bag. You can bet on that. <laughs> it's inevitable. I mean, people, we, we posted photos on social. And people were outright tagging Tursky in the comments. Everyone's just tagging me, just tagging hitting him. me in the DMs. <laughs> I'm sure Tursky's really excited and just like just adding him. I'm just, I just love it. I love that everybody knows that Tursky is a mini driver guy. It was, uh, it was Andrew Tursky day. Through and through. And, oh, big surprise. Who wrote the story for golf.com on the mini driver? Not me. It was Tursky. That would be me. Yeah. That would be me. I would never have let you write that story. Yeah, I, would, I know. I was like, there, there's no way I'm even going to like offer up to write that. Tursky's got it. So I'll have Tursky do the rundown on kind of what's going on with this club. But the one thing that I did want to point out that that was like, whoa, this is this is a bit of a change for, for TaylorMade is they keep trending upward in the size of this driver, the mini driver head. So if you go back and you look at AeroBurner, which is right around when they, you had SLDR Mini and you had the AeroBurner Mini. That was 253 cc's. Go up to the next most recent version, which was the original one, Mini 275, and now we're at 307. I, you know, we're, we're kind of, is it really even a Mini anymore? I mean, I say that, I mean, but, it's significantly bigger than the arrow burner one yeah, that I have. Yeah, you now have, and you have like it. It looks more like have a it at home. real driver. Yeah, have you compared it like yep, just side by I side? Have it. Side by side, yeah, it's significantly bigger. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's black with the carbon crown instead of the white arrow burner. Um, it does have the V steel sole plate down there. Uh, it weighs fifty four grams. So for people who are trying to hit it off the deck. Sometimes the mini driver isn't always the easiest to get up in the air off the deck. Like, I'll tee it pretty high, you know, with the ball above the, the driver crown. So when you're hitting it off the deck, it sometimes comes out a little low. But with all that weight down low, it should help launch the ball in the air for people that are concerned about that. Um, but I think the most interesting part of it is that TaylorMade went back to the 300 name here. You know, they had the 300 TI, which was part of a series of three different clubs. It was the 300 TI, the 320 TI, and the 360 TI, um, which obviously helped put TaylorMade on the map, made him the number one driver in the world, and kind of continued on from there. So that was a big, significant family of drivers that came out to 300. And since the driver ended up being 307, I think they were like, let's go back to the name. And it's the 20th anniversary of, of uh, the 300 series coming out. So it kind of makes sense. Um, I'm looking forward to hitting it. I haven't hit it yet. I have to get the right shaft in there because it has to do it, do it justice. Um, I have a stiff shaft in there right now. It's just going to, I'm going to hit it way too high and I'm not going to be able to properly compare it. So once I get the shaft in there, I will give you guys the, the real rundown, my real thoughts on it. Uh, it looks great though. From a dress, it looks great. I always get a little bit nervous putting clubs like this down, like if they're going to look too closed, but it does not look too closed. Um, don't have to worry about that. I'm not going to be sniping that thing off the planet once I get the right shaft in there. So I'm excited to try it. 40, 43 and three quarters with the shaft length. I think, you know, I had a couple of people reach yep. out to me saying, could I crank this down to nine and a half and use it as my driver? Um, 
I don't know. Maybe who I could absolutely see people doing. Who, that. Chris? Who who do you think could most benefit from from a club like a club like this mini driver? I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that struggle with the big 460 cc headed drivers, and I mean, frankly, they just hit the fairway wood better. Whether it be just their visual perception of it, how it looks to them, how it sits at a dress, the smaller head is less intimidating, what have you. And I mean, the mini driver is going to launch it high. It's going to spin it a little bit more. And that particular guy that likes fairway wood over driver might slide in there, I mean, seamlessly and pick up a little extra, little extra ball speed and a little more distance out of that thing. And since it is going to be larger than the three wood, have a little more forgiveness. Yeah. I think sometimes with like a 460cc driver, and I'm the same way too, like my attack angle is pretty steep with irons. And then with the driver, I feel pressure to hit up on it so much, so I tend to tow it. But you put something a little bit smaller headed, and you could tee it a little lower, and you're not like, you know, trying to yank it up in the air. You're kind of just swinging your normal swing, and it still gets up due to the design. Um, for me, I can only speak for me. That's why I like it. But I could see people switching to this as their, their primary club off the tee. Yeah. That's that's what I'm. That's what I want to see with with them going a little bit bigger with this. I, I wonder how many are looking at this as, all right, it's it's over 300 cc's now, shorter shaft, maybe a bit more control. Maybe I use it as my driver instead of using it as a secondary option off the tee. I don't know. I, I you know I've always looked at this right. club and kind of considered it to be that number two for for golfers that sort of have have trouble finding a fairway wood that they really like that they can consistently hit off the tee. You know, mini driver fit that role, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, I, we'll see. I think the open will be interesting. I wonder if any guys actually just use, uh, just use this club as their driver for the week. I mean, Phil Mickelson won an open with, with the three deep, the Callaway X hot three deep. So it's, it's possible. You don't necessarily need a driver to win the open. You just need something that can find the fairway consistently. Can I ask a quick question? What do you guys think about the sole, like how they threw it back to the original 300? Because I think they did a pretty good job on it. I didn't play the original, to be fair. But, I mean, I thought they kind of nailed the look. To, they modernized it, but, you know, they kept true to the original design. But I saw I some mixed reviews out there, so I'm just curious. No, I don't mind the look at all. I think it looks good. And they, I mean, the V-Steel sole plate is, is kind of a staple for TaylorMade. In the fairway woods at eight, 80 grams, they're in the 50-gram category for mini driver. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm curious to hit it and see what it does. But as far as visuals, passes the test for me. I like it. Yep. Yeah, it's, yep. it's the V-Steel to me is tour proven. I mean, it's been around for a while. They've used it in, in other other fairway woods that they've had. It's it's kind of a an obvious one, especially if you're going to try and do the, the 20th anniversary right you need to bring back some of that iconic technology that that sort of that sort of put that club on the map so yeah i love it love the fact that they went with the all black on top you know that's it just gives it a really clean look not to say that i don't like the you know yep. the sim and the sim 2 i i like kind of the contrast but with this club i do i really like the all black i would have almost like if i was going to do a custom version of this that's probably what i would have picked i would have picked just to kind of keep everything uniform on the top. So, yeah, kudos to to Taylor Made. I, I am gonna miss the white. I'm gonna miss yeah. the white crown on the arrow burner. It's just it chips. You know, it chips so easily, it. you know. And that's that's the one thing that was always an <coughs> issue is just, you know, 
chipping's a problem with with the white paint. So yeah, I think they nailed it, and and I think it's yeah. going to be popular out on tour. And you know, this is this is sort of always felt like a a bit of a niche a niche club. You know, it's not it's not something that you're going to see in a lot of players' bags. But I don't know. I think maybe the larger size. It's you know forty three and three quarters is you know it's not long, it's not short, it's kind of right there, nice in the middle. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's a driver for some people. I heard one guy tell me that he said the shorter shaft, but with the larger head, just made him feel like he could just go after it. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be the only one. Um, so I guess that kind of does it for this week's. I will just yeah. say, what's uh, up? I just want to say real quick, um, it is really peaceful in Tahoe. The way the waves crashing on the shore, the seagulls flying. I'm just telling you. I mean, it is really. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna close here. this episode of fully equipped out. Um, we hope you guys you know. Uh, <laughs> but we are we are gonna gonna close this one out. Everybody's got places to uh, to be. I know uh, producer Mark's got to be somewhere. So we're gonna we're gonna keep it tight as we promised, and uh, and close this out. But we do have a great interview this week. We had a chance to speak to. I mean, I would, I would say, and, and I kind of teed up the interview like this, but I don't think there's anybody that's playing better golf on the planet than Nellie Corda. She's won her last two starts, coming off uh, a, her first major win at the KPMG, had a chance to talk to Nellie about her gear. Um, and again, I think that there's nobody better to talk about gear than, than a lot of the LPGA golfers because their setups are, are going to mirror. Their swings are a lot more like average golfers their gear is is more what your bag setup should be so really enjoyed the chat with nelly let's get to it this episode of fully equipped is brought to you by mira golf since 1957 the mira family has been making the world's finest forged golf clubs under the watchful eye of master craftsman katsuhiro mira each club is handcrafted using patented mira 14-step forging process but it's more than crafting flawless golf equipment the mira family's relentless pursuit of perfection means each and every club is manufactured to the highest standards the family's patience and unique forging process ensures the grain of the steel is fine and uniformed, leading to a feel unlike anything else, the Mira Feel. Now you have the opportunity to capture the Mira Feel with an exclusive offer available to fully equipped listeners. That's 10% off site-wide on MiraGolf.com using promo code FE10 through the end of August. Head over to MiraGolf.com to build your set today and discover perfection from true craftsmen. All right, I think everyone would agree that there's no one on the planet who's playing better golf than our next guest. We're excited to be welcomed by six-time LPGA champion and newly minted major winner, Nellie Corda. Nellie, thanks for joining us on Fully Equipped. Thanks for having me. So, uh, you know, first things first, I know you switched from a traditional Scotty Cameron blade to a slightly larger squareback two recently. What was the impetus behind the change and how much credit would you give to the putter change when it comes to your last two wins? So it's actually uh, crazy because um, I've had that Newport 2 for, I don't know, probably since my rookie year and I've had all my wins with it. So I was kind of hesitant with trying it, but my sister had that square back and I really like the look of it, but she has it in like that silver finish and, I like a black finish. So I I texted people at Scotty and I was like, hey, is this possible, you know, if I could get that square back? And right as I um, right as I started honestly practicing with it, I was like, wow, this is 
so much easier to line up. You know, that line is longer in the back. And it's not even that, like, big of a difference of, like, a look change from the Newport, too. So I was already super comfortable with it. And it's uh, I've had a good time with it. So I think it's staying in the bag. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so you mentioned your sister, and that, that brought up a, a great question that I was thinking about. How much do do you and your sister talk about gear? How much are you kind of trying out each other's gear to see if there's something that that might work for you? Honestly, we have such a similar bag. We both we just have a different driver. Now we have the same putter. We both have a seven wood. <laughs> uh, the only difference is that she I have a, a hybrid and she has a four iron because she hits it a little higher. But our bags are so similar that. I kind of do, I am a little bit of a copycat in a sense. <laughs> she leads the way and I follow. <laughs> Has it always kind of been that way between you two? Even going back yeah, to that junior golf? I mean, gro- growing up, I had all our hand-me-downs. Um, so, honestly, um, yeah, I mean, I've kind of always followed her in a sense. But the thing is that it works for me, so why not? <laughs> right, right. Uh, going through the rest of your setup, I think one of the most interesting clubs in the bag to me is the uh, the Titleist TSI One Driver, which is actually a lightweight head that's more of like a game improvement style design. What made you switch into that head, and what are some of the benefits you've seen from uh, switching to the TSI One? That's a very popular question. Um, so I'm a draw biased player. And I have to see a draw. Like, if I see a fade, I just automatically am, like, freaking out. I'm like, no, this is not happening. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I had a hard time trying to find a driver that was drawing. And every driver that I was kind of hitting, I tried the TSI 2. And I just couldn't get the draw on it. I I was trying way too hard for it. And then they put me in this TSI 1. And matched up with a really good shaft because not many people know obviously that you know it takes a really good shaft too it's not just the driver head it's also the combination so the way they found JJ found a really great combination and right as I hit it I started seeing that draw and I was like hallelujah (laughs) and I put it in the week before Nona um and I won that event and I was like okay this is my new baby (laughs) (laughs) How do you go about doing your uh, your driver and shaft testing? Like, do you get pretty heavy into launch monitor data, or do you kind of go out on the course and play by feel? Yeah, so I'm a feel based player. I actually just got a TrackMan like two weeks ago. My, I like wow. I've always kind of in a sense been against it because I'm like, well, I'm just a feel based player, and I don't want to get too much into the technology of it. I want to see like the shape I like to see and I like to go on the golf course and hit different shots with it to see if, you know, I go to a tight golf course and see if I can thread it between everything. And then I can, I would like to also go to a golf course where, you know, I could give it a left, give it a little extra and see if I can fly a bunker. So I'm more of like, I like to do my testing on the golf course. So you just got a track man two weeks ago, but you also just won the PGA championship. You think that's a coincidence or what? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I haven't actually, I have charged it just once. Okay. And it just died on me a couple days ago. (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, 
I can use it to my advantage. Obviously, I don't have to get too wrapped up in the numbers, although I do get a little worried because when I do get something, I go, like, hardcore. So I have to limit myself to it. <laughs> what kind of numbers have you been looking at? Like, do you like using it so far? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, I like, like, the combines. I think those are really helpful when you do those at, like, tournaments to see how far your irons play uh, and, like, just to do, like, kind of like fun little games because I really enjoy that. And then um, just like the swing pass and carry in total is mainly all I honestly look at in the club face. What, what's something you've learned about your own golf equipment that you didn't know before you turned professional? Um. Honestly, I didn't know anything growing up. Like, it was kind of crazy. I was just always told kind of what I need to do and what I need to hit, and I just hit it. <laughs> but growing up and going to the factories and kind of sitting down with all the club fitters, I've, and even Aaron, like, I've found, like, how my wedges should react, like, what should be the peak height of everything, and... um I, I mean, I did some extensive work with Aaron and, and um, on my wedges, and we found out that my 58 was not spinning enough and it was going too high. So just kind of knowing all, like, the little details of everything is super cool and how they make the clubs and kind of hot melting, which is super cool, which blows your mind that they can do that is, is I think, really cool. For sure. I've been what? kind of covering uh, LPGA tour equipment lately, and I've noticed that most of the ladies use 58-degree lob wedges instead of 60, whereas most amateurs, they kind of just immediately go for the 60. Why, why do you use a 58, and why do you think LPGA golfers in general kind of gravitate towards a 58 instead of a 60? I have, Honestly, I have a really boring answer for you. It's because I've always used the 58, and I've never tried a 60, <laughs> to be honest. And the <laughs> 58's always worked well for me. <laughs> That's my answer. I know Jess has used a 60, um, but I've just been really comfortable with a 58, um, and I've honestly never tried a 60. So I'm sorry. That's a super boring answer for you. <laughs> the answer's the answer. No boring answer. <laughs> What what do you think is the the biggest misconception about the golf equipment that's used on the LPGA? Hmm. What do you mean by that exactly? Well, I mean, it, typically there's there seems to be sort of a okay, all all the women golfers on the LPGA are using, you know, lighter or softer flex shafts. Uh, you know, higher lofted woods, um, you know, it, it feels to me, it's always, and, and this is kind of why I wanted to get your insights on this. It always feels like that if recreational golfers, you know, average golfers wanted to learn something, they would benefit far more from looking at the gear that's used on the LPGA versus say what's being used out on the PGA tour. I mean, I would definitely say that women on the women's tour, you see a lot more hybrids and you see a lot more woods in the bag. I mean, there's a couple of girls. I mean, I don't, I don't have a four iron just because I can't really get the height on it. Um, 
But, I mean, you have Lexi that I'm pretty sure carries a three iron and a driving iron. But there's some girls. I mean, I think everyone thinks that, you know, uh, we all just hit woods and we have no, like, long irons. But there's actually quite a few girls that carry, like, a three iron and that hit it really good. Wow. So I saw a video of you recently swinging lefty. And as as a fellow southpaw, I gotta say your swing looks better than mine. Uh, do you have you ever played around left-handed? Uh, and if not, what do you think you could shoot if you went southpaw around the golf course? I have never, but I really wanted to. Growing up, I actually had a lefty club, so after I was done hitting for an hour, I would hit for like probably fifteen minutes with a lefty just to kind of balance out, you know your back it's good for your back when you do a one-handed sport so many times and you're constantly doing the same move it's good to do it the other way so in a sense I was just doing it for my body but I would actually I was thinking the other day I would actually love to play around left-handed but um I need to get it set first for sure definitely right I think titles could hook you up yeah titles (laughs) could hook you up (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but right-handed, I mean, you have arguably one of the best swings in professional golf, men's or women's. And, you know, most of us golfers, we have no idea what we're doing, really. Um, <laughs> can you kind of take us through your, your swing thoughts, what you've been working on lately, and kind of just any advice on the on the swing you may have? Well, firstly, thank you. That really means a lot because I work on it a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, um, <clears throat> so – my tendencies are I get really long with my swing and then my body just gets out of sync. And, um, on my way, I don't know if you guys saw, I was doing like some one handed swings where I was like pulling my right shoulder down. So on my way down Mm -hmm. on my down swing, I kind of lift up my shoulder. My shoulder doesn't kind of move kind of with my arm in a sense. And then it just gets out of sync there, and I start hitting it at right, which has been my tendency in the past year. But honestly, my <clears throat> my swing thought is shoulder to chin. It's super simple, and I think that's a way for me to keep my swing short as well. And um, it's been working for me quite well. From a... Uh... Uh, for more of like a general sense, not just the, the golf swing, I'm wondering what advice you may have for like junior golfers or maybe even college golfers looking to kind of take that next step in getting serious about their games. Like, do you have any secrets to success that you could share? Uh, secrets to success. Um, so for junior golfers, what I recommend is, honestly, I see a lot of people get burnt out. I've seen that through my junior career, you know, some girls that were just dominating in juniors and then wanted to make that next step. And it's like a completely different animal. Junior golf and college golf and amateur golf, they're completely different animals to professional golf. And what I would say is for junior players, just to, for them to never lose the love for the game. I mean, it's, it's so hard because you want to work so hard to get to your goals, but they burn out so easily and just making sure like what's worked well for me is having a structured practice. 
some people overdo it. Like, let's say they set themselves with a couple drills for putting. And they're like, okay, I'm not going to leave till I finish it all. But they're there for two hours and they still haven't finished it, right? So it's better to just go and make sure, like, okay, I'm going to spend this amount of time here, this amount of time there, this amount of time here. Then I'm going to go play for nine holes. And then I'm going to go back and maybe work a little for five, ten minutes on my putting and then leave. Because like that, you have a plan going into the day. And I feel like having a structured practice is, I feel like, has been the key for me for feeling prepared going into events. Mm -hmm. So... Last question for me, I, I had a chance to take a look at your Whoop data. And for those that don't know what Whoop is, it's a wearable um, that a lot of golfers are using. It measures your strain, uh, heart rate, uh, even your quality of your sleep. And I noticed that during competitive rounds, you're at 119 beats per minute with a max of about 155. And I saw during the final round, you were an average of 136 with a max of 178. Now, 178 is a crazy good, like intense cardio session at the gym. And I'm wondering, how do you, or how did you manage stress during the final round? And, and how do you just manage stress overall when, when you're kind of in the hunt for a win? Well, first, firstly, the weather, it was so hot and humid, so obviously... Um, my heart rate's going to be right, a, little a little higher than normal. But um, still pretty I've high. Had a high. Yeah, it is still very high. I've always had a high heart rate. I've had a higher heart rate than my sister and my brother always. And I think you just kind of get used to it. And having a caddy, I mean, my caddy, Jason, he's really good at calming me down in the sense of talking about anything but golf. <laughs> and... Um, I don't know. I feel like it's just like a sense of belief, even though like my heart is racing on a couple of holes. I just got to remind myself to breathe and, you know, that I've got this in a sense. But I do have to agree my heart rate is a little high. <laughs> I'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> my heart rate would be pretty, it would be probably be higher than that if I was uh, leading well, honestly, a major. Well, honestly, I was like, I was, yeah. I was also... I knew that I was on it and I was a little self-conscious about it. I was like, Oh my God, am I going to be judged right now? Especially on 15 when I just could not hit it left. And all I was doing, doing was like putting that water into play. I was just like, okay, I just want this hole over with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was awesome. Nelly, we can't thank you enough for your time. It was great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that'll do it for episode 98 of Fully Equipped. We're getting closer to that big 100. Thanks again to Nelly Corda for the time. If you're looking for more gear news, you can also find us on social media. We're at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram and at Fully Underscore Equipped on Twitter. Thanks as always for listening. We'll see you around. <laughs>